Welcome to the NatMatSci podcast, brought to you by, of course, the National Mathematics and Science College. This is the podcast to let you find out more about NatMatSci by hearing staff and students talking about their experiences here, all unscripted and unplugged, so that you can hear what life is really like at the college. In this first episode, we talk to Dr. Andy Kemp, principal of the college, and we ask him what makes it a special place, what a typical student might look like, and we find out more about the future of the college. But we also find out what he likes to do when he's not at work, a new skill that he's acquired during the lockdown of 2020. Let's get into episode one right now. Andy, thank you for being here today. Welcome to the NatMatSci podcast. Thank you. It's a pleasure to be here. It's great to have you here. This is the first episode in this series, so I'm really keen to explore everything with you. But before we do so, could I just ask you to introduce yourself, to to summarise your life in a snapshot so that anyone listening to this right now will just get a little context as to who Dr Andy Kemp is? Absolutely. So I am the principal of the National Mathematics and Science College in the West Midlands. Um, it's been a fascinating journey to get there. Um, so I'll I'll kind of tell you a little bit about my life story. So by background, I'm a maths teacher. Uh, mm-hmm. I still love maths. I teach mm-hmm. a lot of maths still uh, whenever I can. Um, I studied originally at Warwick University. Um, I then hung around Warwick University for a little bit and did my master's there and my doctorate there part time after I left uh, both in maths education. Um, I started my teaching career at Warwick School, so just down the road uh, from Warwick University, where I taught some maths and some computing. Um, And then I left there to go to Taunton School down in Somerset as head of maths. I spent four very happy years there as head of maths and then took over their timetable and then eventually took over as the role of director of digital strategy. So looking after all of the kind of strategic intention around IT, uh, how we use computers to enhance learning, what kind of systems best enable us to kind of improve the way in which we approach education. So that was really exciting uh, and a really interesting and innovative job that you don't often get to do in schools. So I I enjoyed that one a lot. Mm. I then went from there to Wells Cathedral School. Um, I started at Wells originally as the Director of Studies, so looking after the academic side of school life, and then took over as Senior Deputy Head after two years, and then after another two years became Head of the Senior School, so looking after the 11 to 18 phase uh, and all the different aspects of that. Wells is a fascinating school. Uh, I had very many happy years there. It's one of the specialist music schools in the UK, uh, and it taught me a lot about specialism. Uh, and the value of doing something really, really well. And Wells is an incredible place. If, you, if you're a gifted musician, there's, I, I genuinely still believe there is no better school in the country to go to. Um, and I really enjoyed my time there. I went from there then to the Stephen Peirce Foundation in Cambridge, where I spent a year as the head of senior school. And I really enjoyed my time there. It was a, a real opportunity to explore what a slightly larger foundation day school looks like and how it operates. Uh, And I learned a lot about that. But during the course of that year, um, I was approached about this job Um, and it came about the blue. I wasn't quite expecting it. Uh, But the more I looked into the National Mathematics and Science College, the more I realised it was doing something genuinely unique and special. Um, And so I I couldn't but say yes. Um, And that that's kind of what brought me to the school as it is now. I see. Gosh. So let's go right back for a second. You mentioned about becoming a maths teacher right back in the early days. Mm. What took you into that world of maths in the first place? So I think when I was at school, maths was always the subject that came easiest to me. Um, Mm. And it was something that I enjoyed. If I'm honest, I found essays quite hard at school. Uh, Learning to write well wasn't something I think I really got good at until I did my master's. 
It was the first time I sat down and wrote anything of any real length and felt like I actually knew what I was talking about. And at school, therefore, kind of subjects which had um, short answer questions and were very definitively right or wrong were the things that I, I kind of steered myself towards. And, and maths being, I think, in many ways, the most special subject in the sense that once something's true in maths, it's, it's always true. Pythagoras' theorem is as true today as it was when Pythagoras discovered it or <laughs> proved it. Uh, and, and, and that never changes. And, and that's quite special. Whereas in the sciences, kind of, we, we refine our models. They become more exact. We create more information that helps us describe the world better. Hmm. In, in maths, we discover more maths, but the maths that we knew a thousand years ago is still true today. And I think, I think that's quite a liberating and exciting place to be. And so I kind of, I was drawn down that route and it's a subject I still love today. I still enjoy doing maths for fun. I don't have very much time to do maths for fun these <laughs> days, um, but I like a good puzzle. I like a good maths problem. I'm still quite happy to sit down and try and prove something of an evening just, just because it's there. And I, I like the challenge that maths brings and the, and the certainty that it brings that I think makes it quite special. Mm. One of the things that people often link with maths is music, of course. Mm -hmm. And I'm keen to know what your thoughts are on that, having spent time in in maths departments from an, an early stage in your career and also from your time at Wells. I think it's a really interesting question. I think there are definitely links. Um, there, there are huge overlaps in terms of the pattern spotting aspects, I think, of mathematics as an investigative subject. Um, which is very similar to the, the ways in which music is full of patterns, full of um, rhythms, full of um, repeating parts made up and slightly changed as they evolve. That mm. I think means that they involve very similar mindsets. Uh, that said, I've met some great mathematicians who were lousy musicians and some great <laughs> musicians who were fairly lousy mathematicians. So I, 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 don't, I don't think it's necessarily a, a definitive kind of causal link. Um, but I think the, there's a huge overlap in terms of that kind of mentality and that kind of approach, which means that kind of if you're good at one, I think you can apply that quite effectively to the other. It was always an interesting one with our, our specialist musicians when I was at Wells, because some of them found maths quite hard at times, mm -hmm. um, but found the music quite easy. And we talked to them about what it was that was different to their approach to maths and their approach to music. Mm -hmm. And often it came down to they understood the relationship between hard work and success in music, but they didn't necessarily see how that obviously applied in another area. So they, they'd happily spend three hours a day rehearsing for their music to get it right, but somehow felt that math should just be obvious, that you should just be able to sit down and do it. And I, and I think that's, that's often the mistake that people make with maths, is that they're fine with it to a point. We all have a point in maths where we basically survive perfectly happily doing very little real work, and suddenly it gets hard. Uh, and for some people that happens around year nine when we start to introduce algebra. For others, it happens around GCSE when we start to put kind of more kind of geometry and more interesting bits and pieces in there. For others, it happens during the A-level when we start to introduce concepts like calculus and those kind of areas. And for others, it, it happens during the degree when the subject changes quite radically and feels quite different. And what we often forget is it's not that it's not that we can't do it anymore, but that actually now we need to work for it. And actually the great joy that comes from working that bit harder to understand how these concepts fit together enables us to move past that threshold and continue our kind of exciting journey of discovery. And I think that's one of the things I learned really effectively from our musicians was actually kind of, if you really apply yourself, almost anything's possible. And hard work is an incredibly powerful kind of resource that we have available to us to enact how we can improve. So, Andy, I, I love that you talked about 
maths. I love that you've talked about the link to music. But let's take it back to the college for the moment. Mm. What makes the college special? I think what makes the National Mathematics and Science College really special is the community that it builds. So we're, we're quite a small group, but we're a small group of students who are very, very passionate about the same things. Um, and we experience that in the way in which kind of college life exists on a day to day basis. So as you walk around the corridors of the college, you'll find whiteboards up on the walls and on those whiteboards in the corridors, people will have written up problems that are interesting and challenging. Hmm. Um, and as I walk around over break time, I'll find two or three students stood around a board chatting and talking about this difficult problem. We've not set it for homework. We've not set it because they need to do it. They just they see something that inspires them that they want to work on and they want to work on it together. And it's the togetherness, I think, that makes it special. In many schools, there are two or three really gifted maths or science students, but they're sat on the edge by themselves. They don't quite find their people always. And I think what we do that's really special is create that environment where there are lots of gifted and interested, passionate maths and science students. And they, they spur off each other. They learn from each other. They grow together. And yes, there's competition because they're quite competitive people but it's friendly and supportive competition. They're just as proud of other people when they succeed as they are of themselves when they succeed. And it creates that really exciting, warm environment. So for example, about three or four weeks ago, we had a mathematical modeling competition okay. that we entered. It was a big international competition, really interesting one. It was 14 hour project wow. on a Saturday. And we had more people want to take part than we were allowed to submit teams for the competition. <laughs> uh, and, and I think that says something about the kind of st kind of people we have is that they're just they just love this stuff. They're not doing it because we're telling them to. They're not doing it because anyone's forcing them to get up and, and kind of do extra maths or extra science. They just they love it and they enjoy it. And what we create is that opportunity, that environment for them to just thrive and describe and explore all of this maths and not feel that they're limited by the confines of some artificial curriculum that's presented by the A-level syllabus, but just the ability to wander freely and explore kind of some of the interesting stuff and how it all fits together. And I think that's, that's a great joy. Some of the things that I see in some schools and colleges around the country, around the world, is that they recognise that students are good at some things and not so good at other things. And so they try and build up the things that they're not so good at. But mm. am I right in saying that at your college, it's like you're taking an area that someone is already good at and sort of putting rocket thrusters behind them in order to really power them on? That, that's absolutely it. Uh, I remember talking to a colleague about four or five years ago about that balance between how much time do we spend investing in people's weaknesses to get them up so that you've got a kind of an even profile and how much do you kind of focus on their strengths and try and turn them into super strengths hmm. um, and, and what we do is is very much the latter I, I think there's a huge place in society for specialists um, I think specialism is really important it's not for everybody I, I've taught the IB I think there's huge value in that breadth experience for some students hmm. but I don't think it's for everybody and in the same way I think what we do is really really important for some people but it's not for everybody and that's okay I'm, I'm happy with difference I, th I think it's the great value of the independent sector is that we don't all do the same thing in the same way and so what I'm really excited about is taking kind of people with real potential in maths and science and enabling them to just take that as far as it can go to be the people who will be at the top of their game in in their universities that will go on to be at the top of their game in careers afterwards and really just ultimately specialise really tightly on something that's really important to them and if that means that some things get left behind along the way I think that's okay 
It's not for everybody. And I think partly because we take our students at sixth form age, it's, it's kind of slightly easier because to some extent by that stage, they're already starting to think about what's important to them and, and what they want to leave behind. And what we create is that environment to really just take those really specialist kind of interests and pursue them as far as they go and all the bits related to them. So for example, a lot of our mathematicians really enjoy computer programming because there's an overlap between the two. And so we have a Python coding society. Um, so just before Christmas, we had a house competition where the students were challenged to try and calculate as many digits of pi as they could in 60 seconds. <laughs> okay. And it was an incredible, really exciting event. Uh, and, and the winning team won a, a lemon meringue pie, which was kind of suitable around the kind of the pie theme. Um, <laughs> it, it, was a, it was a lovely event, but a lot of these students have never formally studied computing. It's not that they're studying it at A-level. It's just, it's an area they're interested in because it involves similar themes. And so what we try and do is whilst we talk about specialism and specialism is really important um, for us it's about building up that that broad scientific understanding so it's specialism in science but not not just a tiny aspect of science because the links and the overlaps are key in terms of their own development and also their ability to do something novel kind of what we want them to do is to go on and and solve big world problems in the future and solving problems is often about making random links um, and so what we want them to do is make sure they leave with enough understanding of, of the maths and science and the computing world that they can make those slightly random links that aren't expected. So I love the way you're talking about the students in this way. Tell me more about what a typical student at the college is like. I think that's a great question. A typical student, I think, in any school is a very hard thing to define. Mm. Um, our students are very different. But I think what they are in many cases is those students who struggle to find a home somewhere else. Um, they are the ones who were the, the passionate, slightly geeky, slightly nerdy student um, at another school who struggled to find kind of how they were supposed to be. And then they come to us and they're liberated by that oh. experience. Uh, they, they find their people. Um, they suddenly settle into a community of like minded people. And, and the nice thing is the staff are the same. I, I, I think many of us are the people who were the passionate, geeky, maths and sciencey people at school who struggled a little bit to find our home and find our niche. And now we are kind of in a community of like-minded individuals. And it just brings, I think, a great sense of joy. Um, they're all different. We've got aspiring medics, aspiring engineers, mm -hmm. aspiring pure mathematicians, aspiring uh, biomedical scientists. Uh, I've even got a lawyer this year. It's great that everybody is different. They all come with their own kind of passions, their own interests and their own aspirations. Uh, I got one student last year who went on to read um, aeronautical engineering, our future astronaut. And it's great. And they all have this kind of commonality of science, but that doesn't make them the same in any sense. And also they, they come from all around the world. At the moment, we've got students from 13 different countries in the college, and that creates a wonderfully cosmopolitan experience, kind of got students from Russia, from China, but also from places like uh, Uganda, America, all sorts of places. And it, it's, it's exciting to be part of that community. And I think the benefit for us is that we all learn from each other. There's not a sense that there's a right way to be. It's just that we can all do these slightly different things. And we all bring our own experiences, both in terms of kind of culture, but also in terms of things like maths. The approach to mathematics is different around the world. And there's something quite exciting about kind of seeing how all of these different approaches fit together. So if you take something kind of relatively simple, like how do you solve a quadratic equation, something that mm -hmm. we'd learn at GCSE normally, 
actually the approaches are really different around the world. So uh, in the UK, we tend to put a, a, a strong emphasis on factorizing. Uh, but if you go to kind of Eastern Europe and Russia, they are almost exclusively using the quadratic formula. Okay. And, and, and they approach it in a really different way. And then there are other parts of the world that really like completing the square. Uh, as a methodology. Um, and then there are even kind of, there are a couple of really interesting, really niche methods that I can't, I can't remember. I've kind of come across them, but then they're not ones I've ever really used mm -hmm. that, are, that are taught as mainstream in other parts of the world. Um, and I think it's, it's quite exciting to realise that whilst maths is a subject which is right or wrong to, to a great extent, there are actually multiple different ways of getting to the right answer. And I think learning that and, and experiencing that is really exciting. Um, because you realise that actually maths is much more creative than people put it up for. Some people think maths is essentially, here is a technique, learn the technique and apply the technique. Because to some extent, that, that is how GCSE maths is often taught. It's kind of, here's your problem about a quadratic, these are the steps you take when there's a quadratic, and then you write down the right answer at the end, and that's lovely. Mm -hmm. But actually to realise that there are four or five different ways you can approach that problem, and all of them will lead to the same answer, is incredibly liberating. Because it means that, you don't have to learn a method. You just have to explore and be adventurous. And, and sometimes you discover whole new approaches. Um, so we've had students kind of approach problems and come up with incredibly novel solutions to a problem that none of the staff had ever thought of before. <laughs> um, but they're perfectly valid. And I think, I think that's quite exciting. Um, and I think that's the joy that, that is often hidden in maths education. Um, I think too often it becomes very procedural. It becomes about doing rather than kind of experimenting. And at university level, maths is very experimental. You, you don't just sit down and, and prove things. You have to work out what things you're going to prove. Uh, and to work out what things you're gonna prove, you have to try things and, and look for patterns, look for those things that might work. And then you move into that rigorous stage of how do you put all that story together to create a narrative that proves a statement from beginning to end. And that's the kind of the formal aspect of maths. And that, that's important, but it's only part of the story. And I think, trying to help people understand that maths is an incredibly creative uh, and exploratory subject, even at its highest levels, and I think especially at its highest levels, is a mission that I'm, I'm still very committed to as a maths educator. Let's just take it to the college for a second. Looking ahead to the future, what are your plans for the college? So I'm really excited about the future of the college. Um, we're still fairly young. Uh, we've only been around for four or five years. Um, and so there are kind of big and exciting things in our future. Uh, in the short term, I'm really excited about the future of computer science. Um, computer science is something we've been doing at the college uh, on and off since we opened, but I think we're ready now to start taking those next steps into being that kind of beacon of computer science. Uh, it's a really exciting subject area, which is just finding its feet now. And I think the way in which we can integrate it into college life so that our students all leave with enough understanding of computing that they can apply it to their sciences, they can apply it to their mathematics. There's this whole wonderful, exciting field of data science, which is emerging now, and the exploration of big data and how that works with artificial intelligence. And these are concepts that our students really need to know about. So I'm really excited about where computer science will fit. And that's an area that we're definitely putting a lot of focus on into the next few years. Additionally, we're looking at introducing economics next year, which I'm really excited about. I think for a lot of our students, they have that interest in how their mathematics and their understanding of mathematics applies to the things they see in daily life. And economics is much broader than just the study of money. I think people often think it's just about money, uh, but it's not. It, it's about how societies function. 
And so I think it's really exciting to be bringing that in. And so we're looking forward not only to offering that at A-level next year, but also to being able to run kind of clubs and societies around it for those that are just kind of interested and curious as to how these things fit together. So that's going to be a really exciting new addition. What else are we up to? Well, boarding is a really exciting area. So this year we moved into some more uh, temporary boarding accommodation. Uh, and I say temporary, it's beautiful. Uh, it's a brand new purpose-built building, but it's temporary because we've started building our own. And I'm really excited about that. Uh, so in about 18 months time for September 2022, we will be opening our own boarding house uh, immediately behind the college. So our, our current boarding house is lovely. It's on the other side of the road for the college anyway, all single rooms, all ensuite bedrooms, and it's, and it's lovely, but we lease it and it's not ours. Uh, and I'm really excited about having something that is ours that we can start to shape uh, and we can start to develop into something that's really special for our boarding community. Um, so that's going to be a really exciting kind of part of our journey over the next kind of 12 to 18 months. And I'm really looking forward to sharing some photos with people as to how the building works are going, because they've now laid the concrete slab. Um, and when I was in college yesterday, they were putting some of the steels up. So it's really exciting to see the building going up. These are definitely exciting times when you're seeing that happening on a day to day basis. It it's is really exciting it is, to see it all go up. It is really exciting. And in many ways, we were quite lucky because the um, the COVID lockdown period uh, was a period where they were making quite a lot of noise in the building site. So we skipped the worst of the noise. Hey. Uh, and, and now that we're back, they're back onto the quieter work. So it, it's okay. been really convenient for us. So uh, whilst COVID's not been much fun uh, for the last 12 months, there were a, small, kind of, a few small gains that we had in there. But I think, I think the, the really big thing for the future of the college, though, is about really establishing ourselves as that world-class centre of excellence for STEM. We are doing something really special and really unique. And I think one of my kind of really heartfelt kind of desires for the college is for other people to recognise and understand that. At the moment, because we're quite young, people don't know very much about us. And I'm really keen to communicate and share the joy of what we're doing because it is it's incredibly special and it's unique. It's, it's genuinely different to what other people are doing. And I think that's part of the excitement of the college is doing something that nobody else has done. Um, and as we start to do that, it's about how do we share that with the wider world, with the wider community. And part of that aspect for me is about how are we able as the college to really support gifted maths and science students before they come to us or if they can't come to us? How do we how do we go about doing that kind of outreach to support that wider community of talented young people out there who should go on and do great things in maths and science, but don't necessarily have the opportunities that they need to take that as far as they can? The college is doing some things already. We, we have a scholarship programme, which I remain very committed to, to support kind of gifted young people who, who can come to the college. But I'm also really excited about the future of how can we do that digitally and, and reach out to the wider world. And so this year we've been running a series of webinars uh, for students to engage with topics. In fact, this afternoon um, I'll be involved in hosting a webinar from our biology department looking at the COVID virus okay. um, and some of those aspects. And that's an open thing that, uh, that we run regularly so that students can turn up and just experience something of what's going on in the college, but also to find out more about really interesting topics that they're excited about. And one of my big targets for next year is looking at how we can grow and expand that programme into something that reaches out to a much wider group of students on a much more regular basis so that they, they get the opportunity to grow and develop and become the mathematicians and scientists that they deserve to be. Andy, at the beginning of this episode recording, I asked you to summarise your journey to where you are right now. I'd love to know a little bit more about the real Andy Kemp, though. So just putting aside the college for a moment, 
Tell me what your perfect weekend might look like. What might you do and how would you spend your time? The perfect weekend. I think it's it's hard to remember weekends pre-COVID, if I'm honest. Uh, but, but one of the things that's changed uh, for me significantly over COVID is I've discovered a real love of cooking and baking. Okay. Um, I, I, I love... I love cooking. Um, I, I've discovered a, a kind of a whole rec- repertoire of new recipes that I've never done before. Uh, I now I now bake bagels from scratch, which is okay. quite an exciting thing. Very impressive. Uh, I enjoy that. I, I do a nice pita bread. Uh, I have to say, my, my favourite is probably my iced buns. Um, okay. I think you can't you can't do much better than an iced bun. But also, I've, I've kind of I've learned how to cook curries. I've always kind of thought curries were beyond my reach that it was something I, I couldn't cook but actually that they're, they're wonderful and exciting things to cook so so I love a good opportunity to to cook to bake to do something interesting with that and I think that's a really exciting part of kind of what I've learned through lockdown about myself it's, it's something I, I take great joy and great pleasure in and so do my family they get to enjoy eating it all so it's great who would have known the next time I'm after a good curry I know exactly where to come now Andy absolutely I've got a nice madras recipe I look forward to sharing it with you <laughs> well look we need to bring this to a close in a moment but for anyone who's heard anything and might have a follow-up question about something you said how should they get in touch so if you want to get in touch with the college in general the best address is admissions at natmatsci.ac.uk uh, but if you want to have a chat with me personally uh, probably easiest place to find me is on Twitter where I'm at Andy Kemp a-N-D-Y-K-E-M-P. And I'd love to hear from anybody about anything at all. Well, look, Andy, thank you so much for being with us here today. I've really enjoyed talking to you and I've especially enjoyed hearing all about the college and where it's going in the future. It's been lovely to speak to you, Simon. I really appreciate your time. So that was Dr. Andy Kemp giving you an insight into life at the college. Don't forget that if you have any questions, you can email admissions at natmatsci.ac.uk or you can contact Andy directly on Twitter. That's at Andy Kemp. Now, if you enjoyed this episode, then please follow and subscribe, because if you do, then when episode two is released, you'll receive a small notification to let you know that it's available. Each episode will be talking to someone different, which means you'll be able to gain an insight into all parts of college life. But in the meantime, thank you for listening, and we'll see you in episode two. Bye for now.